Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God on the mic <laughs> no <laughs> okay everybody needs to hug olivia before she leaves if you don't know olivia you she's should. been on board with us forever and works on sundays every week at a hospital as a nurse <laughs> a nurse who helps people in the in the, in the, ER. Yes. the er so that's her right wave your hand if your name's olivia yay yeah. olivia we've missed you so much all right, so Sarah's going to come up in just a second, and I have on the, the order of service that she is going to, I wrote this out today because the person who does this got sick this morning. So she is actually bringing the fire from heaven. <laughs> That's what she's responsible for it's today, so no it's pressure on you. Um, <laughs> and then at the end, we're going to pray and let you guys go, but if Sarah, if you want to go to come up, oh. you have your mic up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like excellent timing though, wasn't it? Mic on, on. Um, love you. Thankful for you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, can I get a hug? Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's get a kiss in too. Nope. There's a, there's a mic. That's why, because there's a mic. It's not because there's one. Yeah, it's not. Are, are you good? You're done? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just going to go slow, because it's good to hear and to go slow and to take deep breaths and... Um, I want to hear from the Lord today, I really do. Um, for those of you guys that don't know me, I'm a nerd, and I love to research, and I love to study, and I'm a teacher at heart, so I love to do all those things, but I want to really listen today. I want to hear what the Lord wants us to hear and where he wants us to go, so uh, we're going to start with prayer. Um, thank you, God, that with every breath, I'm reminded of my need of you. Um, and that's why moment by moment, um, I'm reminded that I need you and that I've been made from dust and to dust I'm going to return. 
and that these years that I'm given and the bookends before and after are matter, matter when I love you and I love others. And so, God, as I speak today, I want it to be from you. Um, I want it to be words that love you well and love others well. And so, Lord, just Holy Spirit, just help me hear, help me know what this community needs to know and needs to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is me slightly different, Jessica, so um, just bear with me, but I'm, I'm going to read you guys a, a story that's going to seem very familiar, but I want you to close your eyes. Some of you are going to want to peek, but you can. I'm not going to call you out if you peek, but um, I would love for you to close your eyes. I'm going to read this to you, and I really want you to envision the story. So this is from Luke 15. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I'm going to go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The old brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. But keep your eyes closed. So I want you to imagine the father's plantation, if you will. And I want you to be present there. And I want you to feel the wind on your back. Feel the sun on your face. What do you smell? What do you feel? 
And I want you to imagine the scene where that prodigal son is running home and the father runs to meet him. What do you see? What do you sense? What do you feel? What do you hear? Now, if you notice that scene, there's a family member missing. And I want you to think for a moment, if you could place yourself in that scene, where would you be? Are you the prodigal son? Are you missing from the scene? Are you that older brother? Are you the father? Just take a minute. guys can open your eyes. Some of you were like, what in the world? <laughs> but I think it's important for you to hear from this before I speak. And so I want you guys to think, where am I in this story? What I love about the prodigal son story um, that I've learned from, there's a book by Henry Nouwen that we reference all the time. Um, and so Henry Nouwen wrote a book based on the painting of the prodigal son and done by Rembrandt, and um, he talks at the end of the book about how we move through that story, that we find ourselves at different points in our life identifying with different characters, and that the place we should land eventually is a place we don't really assume we ever will land, and that's in the position of the father, um, and that's where I'm going today, is we are all called to be fathers and mothers, and a characteristic of the father in this story is generosity. And I just want to read you what Henry Nouwen says. Um, in order to become like the father, I must be as generous as the father is generous. Just as the father gives his very self to his children, so must I give my very self to my brothers and sisters. Jesus makes it very clear that it is precisely this giving of self that is the mark of the true disciple. No one can have greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. This giving of self is a discipline because it is something that does not come spontane spontaneously. As children of the darkness that rules through fear, self-interest, greed, and power, our great motivators are survival and self-preservation. But as children of the light who know that perfect love casts out all fear, it becomes possible to give away all that we have. For others. Every time I take a step in the direction of generosity, I know that I am moving from fear to love. But these steps certainly at first are hard to make because there are so many emotions and feelings that hold me back from freely giving. Why should I give energy, time, money, and yes, even attention to someone who has offended me? Why should I share my life with someone who has shown no respect for it? I might be willing to forgive, but to give on top of that, and that's generosity. Um, and I wanted to read that story before I start talking today because I didn't want you to think, I wanted you to hear from God before I talk about how we're going to focus this topic of generosity. Um, because there, when it comes to like church work, there is an elephant in the room all the time. It's the one that we want to, like no one ever wants to talk about. Can you guess what it is? Money. <laughs> And I didn't want you to hear the story after I talked about how we need to be generous givers and feel like I was trying to be manipulative, because I'm really not. 
Um, at River City, we are a culture, or we're establishing this culture of generosity. We feel like that's what the Lord's spoken to us. And so that's the overarching message. And that should trickle down. That really should. And at RCC, we're a culture of authenticity. So, I, and the reason why I get passionate about this subject is not because it's fun to talk about. Because let me tell you, <laughs> there's a topic that's not super fun to get in front of your, your family and talk about. It's money. Um, but I've heard it really, like, done the wrong way. You know, where it feels like we're just afraid. We're afraid to like, really say it. So it feels manipulative or it feels sneaky or deceptive. And I just don't want our conversations to be like that. So if we imagine that, that coming together on a Sunday is us gathering at the family table, we're going to have some good, honest conversation, right? And so part of that is talking about our needs as a community. And guess what we need? <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> we really do. Um, so... You know I need to hear from the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> um, but we want to talk about it honestly and openly. Um, and so we have all different ways of doing church, right? We have like a spectrum. So you have on this side sort of like your house church, right? It's very just come together. It's all about community. And then you have, I actually had a friend that I met who was part of a Jewish synagogue where they actually paid dues. So you have this where there's like, we don't know, we, money's not even really part of the conversation. And then you have this where, to be a member, you have to give money. And so I think we all financially fall somewhere. And so RCC falls on that continuum. And we are a church that requires money to function. Like, that's just it. We are, okay? So where does the money come from? It comes from our family. It comes as our family buys in and participates in the vision. Um, and so that's why we have to talk about it. Because if we don't, we're not being op honest and open. We aren't as staff, right? We're not being honest with you about our needs. Um, and we don't want you to feel like you're being manipulated or deceived. And so that's why we give you budgets and we give you things to help you feel like you're in the loop. Um, so we've established you guys are here because there's something about this you connect with. This way of doing kingdom work, you, you agree with it. You're here because you're like, yeah, we feel like we can do kingdom work this way. You're here because you believe in these four things, right? You've bought into this vision. And so thank you for that. And what's beautiful about buying in is you can tell by where you put your what? Time, energy, and money in life in general. That's how you know where your heart is. And so I'm so entirely thankful for the people that have bought into this community because I feel like we have people that are like that. Um, but we're still figuring out this culture. And so I'm getting really thirsty. Do you have a, it's right behind my bag, actually. Thank you. Um, as we are establish, establishing this culture, we've been praying about what that looks like for us. And so I think I, first, I preached the first version of this message probably a year and a half ago. Was anyone there for that? Heard me do this? Sweet. Um, so there's been some updates. <laughs> it's not the same the same deal, um, but we're establishing our culture, and so as I've been thinking this week, what kind of culture we can have? I feel like there's a culture of stingy givers. I feel like there's a culture of tithing givers, and I feel like there's a culture of generous givers. There's probably more. These are the three I landed on that I feel like we could sort of compartmentalize, um, and I feel like the Lord wants us to be a culture of generous givers. I feel like he told me that. I feel like he's told our people that, and so what does that look like, and why does that matter? Why? Why generosity? Like, what's, what's the purpose of that? So this is the definition of generous, showing a readiness to give more of something 
whether money or time, than is strictly necessary or expected. So generosity comes from here. It's less here, it's here, okay? And that's really tricky. Um, It takes um, bravery, it takes obedience, it takes listening, right? It takes a lot more engagement with the community and with the Father in order to be generous. Like Henry Nouwen said, we're just not wired that way. We're not wired to be generous people. Um, And so he's moving us to generosity. So I wanted to like hop really quickly on all these three. All right, so there's a really neat site called philanthropy.com that gives statistics about generosity. Um, They've shown on their studies that the more you have, the the less likely you are to give. So people that are richer give less than middle class and lower class. Isn't that fascinating? That is so cool to me. That is so kingdom, right? Like reading that statistic, you're like, that's not right. But it's kingdom. It's kingdom right. It's because us, we have less. We're like, we're sharing. You know, we're one big happy, clappy family. So we're sharing. Um, The most generous town, I need to look up this town, or someone does, is Canby, California. And they have an 18% giving. Their people give 18% of their AGI, right? Adjusted gross income. Don't really know what that is, but <laughs> no, they're AGI. Um, and I, st- I want to know about these people. I want to go there. I want to go visit them. But when we're saying, like, looking at America, that's the most generous people. Can be California. Now, I looked up. You can go in there and type in a zip code and look up the giving. And they know this because people's taxes. So that's how they get this information. People, you know, on your taxes, you give in your statements. Okay, so in Smyrna in 2012, it was 3.29% charitable giving. And, you know, that's the average. So I looked it up. By cities, the average is between 2 is considered super, super stingy. 4 is like you're on the high echelon in the cities. Um, so isn't that really interesting? That was so interesting. So if you're a percentage person and you're a tithe person, you can like figure that out. Um, okay, so when I think of stingy, <laughs> say I love you, Sarah. No matter what, I will always love you. <laughs> okay, that's not going to be bad. <laughs> All right, so when we do church and we do church dinners, what kind of, um, like, dinners do we normally do? Potluck. <laughs> the potluck. So our life group, we love some potlucks at our life group. Um, and so when we have a potluck, I was thinking about this. I was like, Leslie, when she was in our group, she's not in our group anymore, always did, like, main dish. She was always bringing stew, you know, or, like, a yummy casserole. Olivia, I'm so glad you're here today because I was like, Olivia and Michael always have like the gourmet cheeses and crackers. (laughs) This is my favorite. She walks in with like flavored goat cheese. It's so great. And then the Garcias always bring drinks. (laughs) They're like our drink people, right? Camille, you guys, you guys go in and out. Side dish. They're they're in the side dish region. Yeah. Um, So has anyone been to a potluck where you get your dish and you show up and someone skates into that potluck, brings nothing, and then gorges. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> really, but you've been there, right? Or you know, or you're in a group where you know that one person, they never bring anything. And I love you young college students. I love you so much, but it's typically like college, young, 
that are like, oh. So you know what I love at a potluck when a college student comes up with like a box of cookies? I'm like, thank you so much because I know you don't have a kitchen or a lot of money or time, but you brought a box of cookies, so thank you. That means a lot to me. Like, I literally noticed that. And so I've started, like, this imagery of the family table and how we come to the family table to me is like a potluck. And, like, some of us are seasons of life where we can bring the main dish every time. Some of us are in seasons of life where we can only bring a box of crackers. And that's okay, okay? Because generosity says it's not about the percentage or the number but it's about the heart, right? It's about listening and saying, that community matters. And it matters that there's enough food for everyone because if we are thinking about this out metaphor, metaphor, and seven people are bringing food and 100 people show up to eat, what's gonna happen? Thank you, Richard. Not everyone's gonna eat, right? And probably the people that aren't eating are like, oh my gosh, there's not enough food here, right? Isn't that so like church, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, what is, sorry, that's my soapbox. I'm getting back. I'm getting back, back on track. (laughs) And then the seven people just get worn out because they've been cooking the main dish every time. And here comes Joey and Sally, and they never bring anything to the potluck dinner. (sighs) So, (laughs) do you get it? Okay, and I love you guys, and I love our community. We don't want to have a potluck where seven people are bringing the whole meal. We just, we just don't. Okay. All right. Moving on. Culture of tithing givers. So I'm going to do less of like the history lesson than I did last time. But tithing began in the ancient world. And it was the way pagan people paid tribute to their gods. 10%. And people actually think, this was an article in Christianity Today, that they landed on 10% arbitrarily. That it was because we have 10 fingers. So that's sort of interesting, like, oh, let's do 10%. Um, And when Abraham first gives in Genesis 14, God never commanded him to give. So it is possible, and this is sort of my hypothesis belief, that he, in a way to try to relate to his God, did what everyone else did. The cultural tradition was give 10%. So he gave 10% to Melchizedek. Now, that became... That became a law, or that became, that, that showed up in the Mosaic Law. Um, and this is why I think, this is my hypothesis. I think God, because he's culturally savvy, was speaking the cultural language of the day and required people to pay a tithe because maybe, if like today, we're left to our own standards, we might fall to that 3% rather than up to the 18 So if we're thinking about like Canby, Okay, where where are we going to default to? Three. So we're like somewhere in the middle, right? He's like ten percent, good. I'm just gonna, I'm going to have to make it law because you guys won't do it. And then in, Ho- in Hose- not Hosea, Malachi, they're not. The people stopped giving, and what happened was the Levites, who their sole job was to serve the community and to serve God's house, had to take up other jobs. So when the people of God who are called to serve the community are having to work other jobs, they can't pay attention to God's work, okay? And so God, the, God wasn't mad that they were, like, not tithing. He was more frustrated that the Levites were getting neglected. Like, they have to work, and they're here to serve you and to minister to you, and they can't. So it has this, like, trickle effect of hurting the whole community. Um, 
And it hadn't always been that way because in Exodus 36, the people were generous. So somewhere, we, if we start generous, we like slack, and then God's like redirecting. So we constantly always need this realignment to generosity. Um, but this is what I thought was neat as I studied this this time was tithing is 10%, right? According to the statistics I read, the 3% and the 18, tithing is pretty generous. I think that's a pretty generous number. That's more than what most people do in America. So I was someone that was raised on like tithing. You give God the tithe. The tithe is already his. Now, I do not believe the tithe is law. And I don't believe the tithe is necessarily the best. But I believe the tithe can be a guidepost to generosity. So if my goal is generosity and I need a starting place, that's a good, that's a good start. That's a good guide, like rail that can guide me there. Ultimately, I want to be listening to the Father, listening to the Spirit. Ultimately, I want to be guided by my heart and passion for the community and the kingdom. But if I need a starting place, that's great. I think tithing is super generous. Um, so how does that differ from generosity? So I'm getting on time. All right. I'm wrapping up, Josh. You're going to, okay. Okay, so generosity. Sip of water. Don't listen to me gulp. That's the worst, when I think you guys can hear me gulp down my water. (laughs) All right, so here we are in Acts. So we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's this super awesome, generous culture in the New Testament. So I'm actually going to read this verse. Acts 2, I'm going to read it. Yay! All right, this is really the inspiration for RCC, honestly. This is like where we started. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's just such a super awesome passage. But sort of this is like the new culture. This is how the Holy Spirit was moving in the New Testament. And in Acts 2, the people gave to their community not because they were guided by a law or a percentage, but because they believed in what the community could accomplish for the gospel. They believed in the vision of that church. So we're generous when we believe in it, when we are convinced that the gospel is true, that this community can affect that community for the kingdom. So that's our new culture, okay? That's, that, to me, is like heaven ideal, right? Generosity. Um, and that's motivated by the heart. So generosity is bringing something to the potluck, specifically whatever God has told you to give. You may be in a season where you can bring the main dish or where you bring that box of crackers. But in a culture of generosity, you bring something. You, going back to our definition, you show a readiness to give more of something, whether money or time, than is necessary or expected. Your giving is guided by the heart and not a percentage. And it's not guided by your bank account. (laughs) Okay. No, 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 no. No, don't clap. Okay. Final little illustration, and then I'm done. We're not taking up an offering after this. Promise. That's the worst, right? Okay, so I started doing something with my kids, 
And these are novice jars that I had to sneak out of the house so no one go and say, oh, I saw your jars in church. That's going to be a big problem for me. <laughs> so please don't. Okay, so we do these jars. So each of my kids have these. And they have a give jar, and they have a spend jar, and they have a save jar. Okay? Um, and this is what we do. So they get money for random reasons. I don't get out the calculator and say, boop, 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 what's the percentages? This is literally what I say to them. Okay, these are the three places. W what do you think you should do? And trusting that we come as little children, I'm trusting that they're just guided. Now, I'm there. If they say, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to put all of it in the spend jar, I'm like, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, but we're not really going over like, we should be tithing. In fact, my dad all the time will say, he'll write in a note like, here's $10, make sure you tithe. And I don't want that to be their first thing. I want them to be hearing. I want them, and sometimes they'll say, put it all in the give jar, okay? Or sometimes they'll say, hey, I think we should, you know, divide it up. So this morning, I said to Noah, I was packing, sneakily packing up these jars, and Noah said, hey, mommy, in church, do you guys pass around those buckets? And I was like, yeah, buddy. And he said, wait. I have something for you to put in them. And he went to his give jar and got me this. And I was like, that's the best thing ever. Like, that's what it's about, guys. He didn't count it up. He didn't figure out the percentage. He gave out the abundance of his heart. And there's an issue if we're dumping everything in our spend. And you could be spending it on your bills and you can be spending it on food, but every, if everything is in this jar, something's off. That means it's all going to me. Okay? Now, Josh and I have been challenged recently because we tend to do giving and spending, and we, we tend to not go in this jar. And I still don't feel like that's good stewardship. So we've like, we're going to save even though we need it to spend, we're going to save. Okay? Because that's what we feel like is good stewardship. So I think God is always moving us in this, and we have to be listening. If I'm hung up on, I can only do my 10%, and I've been there. I'm a tither, like mentally, I've grown up as a tither. So we've talked lately, lately about throwing that out because I'm not being generous when I'm just tithing. And I want to be generous. I want to hear God say, ooh, give till it hurts this month. And I remember Tom Tanner from Riverstone saying that. Give till it's like, ah, I don't want to let go of this, then do it. That's like the point we, we should live at as kingdom people. And I don't mean give all your money here. And I don't mean I'm not going to coerce anyone or manipulate anyone into giving to this community. Okay, I only want you to give if you want to. So if there's some like baggage or questions, it's okay to not. And that's why I would love, as you guys meet in life groups this week, to talk about this. To say, this is what I heard, or these are some questions that I have, and just flesh it out. Because God's going to take care of our community, okay? And some of you are going to give some here, and you're going to go, and you're going to see Miss Amy, and you want to give her something, or a homeless person, or seven bridges. Like, I'm not saying put all your money here. Don't hear that at all. Just be generous. Listen, if God wants you to give it somewhere else, do it. If God wants you to walk up to some random person, do it. If there's a need that comes in our community and you hear about it, do it. Generosity, okay? Um, and I think that is, that's it. <laughs> Shall we all stand, please? <laughs> I'm not going to be speaking again for like another year, and I'll be back in the kids' ministry, so no one can find me now. <laughs>
No, you can go ahead and close. We all just, that was awesome. <laughs> um, I'll say this, um, the reason we don't do the offering right now is because what we don't want to create is like manipulation giving because it doesn't fix anything. And hero giving doesn't also fix anything. So the person that comes in and gives all, what fixes something is like a healthy community, right? Like examine what you have. We are not living in the red as a community. Um, we're going to be really honest with you as we go forward about what our money, and we have been already. We don't pull out of savings. We've saved, I'll give you the number, $43,000 right now. It takes 21 at least to run our church a month, and that's complete shoestring. Our deal is not, we're not trying to get anything building. We, we see a future where there's seven people working for our people, where God starts pouring money to other people to come support his vision. And we need that. So pray about it, you know. This is a real thing, you know. This is your table, it's my table. Um, really pray about it. Ask the Lord. For those of you who give really generously, I just want to say thank you. I have been someone who has been at a table and done nothing for a long time and ate and ate and ate, and I just want to say thank you. Don't give more, generous person, unless the Lord tells you. Don't feel like this is a, for you to give more. That's, that generous person's like, maybe I can just give a little more. Like, just take a breath. Pray that the people of God would be the people of God. Lastly, um, somebody asked me recently, Christian all their life, they were like, listen, you guys talk about generosity. I've never given to River City. And they were, like, helping with stuff, and which is okay. And they were like, just, they didn't even know that you could do, like, set up in your banking stuff to do once a month. They were like, whenever I pray or heard about it, that's when I, but literally, if you just need practical input, any of us can help you with that. Any practical input about how to do it. If you're not used to it, if you're angry at us for talking, you don't have to get, it'd be better if you didn't give right now. We just need to love you, and you need to love us, and we need to go sing together, okay? Um, all right, and so this is how we're going to close today. We're, we're kind of early because I didn't preach. Um, when a lot of people aren't here, I get freaky with it, all right? That's nothing to do with y'all, but when we have an opportunity to connect, we're going to do that. And a lot of our people aren't here. A lot of people we don't know are here. There's six things that we've been praying about. Six prayer. Does anybody know these? Six prayer pots. Somebody give me just a brief. What, what are these prayer pots? What are they? Creating space. Discipleship. Community transformation. Generosity. Kids and staff covering. She got in there at the end. She, well, she's a doctor, so. I'll say, so those six things are things we really believe we want to lock, lock on together and pray for together. I'm not, this is not for our staff to pray for. This is for us to look at each other and say, are you praying that our kids' ministry is discipling? Are you praying that there's a generous community? Are you praying for me, our staff? So here's how we're going to do it. Some of you are about to freak out. If this is going to be awful for you, either deal with it. Come on. If you deal with it, you might fall in love with this place. I'm just being honest with you. If you deal with it, you may never want to leave this community again. If you don't deal with it, you may never come back after today. So, loved you. <laughs> um, Jesus be with you. Um, so, if you're someone who loves the idea that we create space to hear the Lord and say, we're not doing anything until you tell us to. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? If that's the one you connect with the most. All right, can you guys do me a favor? Can you head to the back right back there? And whoever wants to lead that prayer, lead it, okay? Now, if you're someone who loves the staff here, 
<laughs> if you're like this, if this already hurts, this is weird because we're the staff. Um, and you want to see us not do things like take money and go double down in Vegas or do weird stuff to be on CNN because we're humans and we need help and pray, being prayed for. I'm just going to be honest with you. All of us are just like you, and you did weird stuff this week, right? We need your prayers. If, you, if any of you want to just cover the staff, you know, Bill, me, Sarah, Amelia, James, who am I missing? Jordan, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> if that's you, will you raise <laughs> If Richard, <laughs> Richard, <laughs> all right, if that's you, raise your hand, okay, can you guys head right back to where Bill is right there, he doesn't have to be a part of that, <laughs> but, all right, number three, discipleship, I'm not going to explain that, if we should be discipled more and that's on your heart, raise your hand, I got more, go, y'all go to the cooks over there, that'll be where y'all go, the other ones are community transformation, if you believe we should see outside of this church, visible change in the community and you want to see that happen raise your hand okay you're right over here you're going to be with edgar edgar wave all right there's two more what were the other two kids ministry kids ministry and youth if you are in love with this idea of kids ministry and youth and you want to see god do amazing things in that can veronica can you guys head over there like under the exit and then the last one is finances y'all all want to wow no that's there's some of them just aren't praying like <laughs> Who wants to do finances? Yay! All right, can the finance people come right here? Right here? Here's what, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to actually, everybody listen for one second, don't talk yet. I want you to know each other's names. So just go around and say what your name is. And some of you are first timers, it's okay. Two days ago, I was talking to my son, okay? We stayed in a room together preparing for a funeral. We had to sleep in the same room. He literally woke up in the morning and said, Daddy, Jesus came to me last night first thing I heard and I was like oh it's too early to even even care about this even though that's amazing and he said no daddy he came to me he stood in the window and he didn't he this is what he said he didn't want to wake you up so he said I love you because he said it low so he didn't want to wake you up and then he said no you're gonna be the best preacher ever and I said did he say that and then he said no he didn't actually say that (laughs) and I was like which made me know it was real See what I'm saying? And then I want to challenge you. It tells us to be like kids. Listen. If you're praying with this group, listen for the voice of God to speak into it. What does it mean? And then write it down or speak it. You know what I'm saying? But lock hands with each other. Know each other's names. And believe that you're about to hear the Lord. Amen? Amen? I'll, I'll pray you into holding hands. As I'm praying, you're going into holding hands. It's going to be supernaturally natural. Jesus, we ask that you would... We want to lock arms. God, thank you for Sarah... I do pray that we would be a generous community, God. If anybody feels oppressed by the message, free them in Jesus' name. But I do pray that we would be a giving community. I pray that during these next few moments that we wouldn't try and flee right now. This is probably more important than most of us have done anything this week. Just this time to love one another and pray together. Help us to lock arms. If people want to pray out loud, let them feel freedom to do that. If people want to kneel to pray in the circle, let them feel free to do that. If people just want to close their eyes, let them feel free to do that. I pray that there would be a spirit of freedom, God. Free us to love people well. Free us to love one another well. And unlock, God, heaven for these. These are all biblical prayers. We want to see all of these pots overflowing and poured out into this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go to it or sit in your seat. Do what you like.
Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.